You're listening to The Lively Show, episode number seven. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to The Lively Show. Thank you guys, as always, for all the awesome support for the podcast. This week, we're on the iTunes New and Noteworthy category once again. Thank you so much for all of those reviews. And if you haven't left one already, please go on iTunes and leave a review if you find this helpful. Those reviews help more people find the podcast. In today's episode, we're talking with Danielle Moss, the co-founder of The Evergirl. We'll be talking about radical change and finding your bliss. In the episode, we're going to discuss why Danielle's unhappiness from being in a bad relationship and living at home a month before her 28th birthday led to a life-changing decision. We're also going to talk about how the inspiration from the Evergirl came from her own struggles in her 20s, and we're going to discuss why CrossFit changed Danielle's life and the key traits to look for when finding your own bliss. In addition, Danielle's going to talk really openly about her thoughts on being single at 31, and she's going to talk about what she would say to someone just starting out. This is a really heartfelt episode, guys. You're going to feel like you're sitting in the living room talking right along with us. Let's go to the show. Welcome to the show, Danielle. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I know. I'm just glad to have a little chat with you today. Okay, so let's talk about your career and how you got to where you are. I think a lot of people want to know, you know, how did Danielle get to the everygirl.com? Okay. All right. So um, I graduated from UCSB, Santa Barbara, with a major in sociology. So I didn't really have any sort of path or, you know, I I didn't know what I was going to do. And I moved back to Los Angeles where I was from and, um, I was living at home at my mom's house and I ended up working in product placement and film. So a whole other, I, I ended up working for these people I used to nanny for and the job just wasn't going where I wanted it to. I, I liked what I was doing, but it wasn't ultimately right for me. During this time I had started a blog and I was just kind of rambling incessantly like I like to do on my blog. So I didn't really have a plan for that either. But I decided I wanted to make my blog look better. So I got a copy of Photoshop Elements and redesigned it. And another blogger had asked me for help with their blog. So I helped her and then someone else and someone else and someone else. And before I knew it, I was doing, you know, I don't even know how many blogs a month. And it eventually turned into, you know, eight to 10 blogs a week. And um, I I found myself with this side business that I thought I could maybe turn into a full-time business. So I was living at home at the time. So I definitely saved on rent and started my own graphic design business and was able to save a lot of money during that time. And I had hit a point where it just didn't feel like enough and I wasn't happy in LA and I was in a very dead end relationship and I was stuck and I was really, really depressed. And I had, you know, been reading all these blogs and all these women lived in other cities and seemed really happy. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go meet some of my blog friends and I'm going to find my happiness and I will pick a new city and live there. And I ended up over the course of like a couple months, I did one trip, two trips. And I went to Texas, Nashville, Chicago, and Indiana. So you're kind of like interviewing each city, if you will. (laughs) Yes, basically. I spent like two or three days in each city and I was going to move to Nashville. I fell in love with it. And then I ended up in Chicago a couple days later and that was it. And I decided I would move to Chicago. So I did a one-month test run, and I was doing graphic design during that time. And then a couple months later, um, August 1st, 2010, picked up and moved to Chicago. So I, at this point, was doing graphic design full-time from home. Um, It was definitely a reality check how much more expensive it was to have rent on top of everything else and just 
you know, to be responsible for everything. Um, and I, I had, you know, I really started to find my happiness and my independence on my own, but my career wasn't really where I needed it to be. And I had met some really great bloggers um, and actually met Elena through you. And I ended up photographing her for Glitter Guide. And we started talking kind of about where we wanted our careers to go. And we found that we had this this shared vision. I wanted to start a magazine. She was leaning toward a website, which I'm very glad I listened to her. Went with the website. Um, and, um, and we just kind of had these shared ideas of, you know, this relatable, attainable content. We sat down for coffee August Jeez, this August will be three years ago, which is unbelievable to imagine. I remember. We actually met at a Whole Foods while you guys were having one of those early meetings. Yeah, yeah. And talking about it. And I remember, do you remember the Christmas party? I was going to say, there was a Christmas party, and then we got together with you for a girls' night, and we were kind of talking about all our, like, like, we kind of both had this idea to start something, and you were like, well, you guys should, you know, you should do it, you should do it. You were giving (laughs) us all this advice, and we're like, yeah, but we don't know who to work with or what to do. And we weren't friends at the time, so we had never thought to work together, and then we met again that May for that meetup that you were also at at Rocket. And yep. then and then I photographed her in, in July. And then we finally sat down in August and we had this meeting. It was an hour or two. And we really liked what, you know, each other had to say and our kind of our goals and our mission. And I remember at the end just being like, okay, so we're going to do this. She's like, yeah. And that was it. And so that was August, I think the 13th. I consider it one of our every girl anniversaries. She thinks it's a little cheesy, but I like to celebrate everything. <laughs> and... Um, and then February 22nd, the following year, so 2012, we launched the site. And um, it's been, it's been, you know, the, one of the greatest things, aside from moving to Chicago, one of the greatest and most rewarding experiences of my life. So, Oh, that's, a, and it's, it has been a, truly amazing to c- go from margaritas with you when you first moved <laughs> to Chicago and you were the blog designer and everything to seeing, yeah, the Every Girl take shape. And I will never forget that glass of wine we were sharing over, you know, that Christmas holiday party where you're just like so passionate about there needs to be this site that's attainable for women online. And literally here we are. So that's fantastic. You totally did. And yeah, it's perfect because Elena at the time also has her journalism background. So it's really, it's been a perfect, I've been surprised at how well you guys have even just worked together. I've worked with a lot of people that have businesses and partnerships and I've never seen any um, partnership work as well as you guys have. So. I think that's really says a lot about you guys. That's really nice to hear. Yeah, her journalism background has been a godsend for everyone. <laughs> so she's just, it, it's great. We really bring like, there's a good, I'm this like hyper organized. I'm I'm really good at like, I'll like take charge of our career features and book the photographer and kind of organize it. Like I'm much better at the back end behind the scenes organizing. And she's so good at like, if there's a last minute thing that pops up or something needs to be written, she just she can just like belt it out and it's so she's a great writer and she's so talented and she has this vision and just her her experience with graphic design too I just feel like she you know we we both you know have experience with graphic design but we kind of balance each other out and it's really nice that we can both kind of bring these different things to the table and your photography doesn't hurt either thank you yeah I actually don't shoot that much for the site but you know I do when I need to I just actually did last week so it's nice yeah that we have this this really good balance when we travel I can shoot so that's yeah, it's it's been it's been a great experience. It really has. Oh, good. Okay, so this is not a whole episode about the Every Girl, though. So now we're going to talk about how. I think the topic we're going to call this is how to find your bliss. So let's go into the move to Chicago a bit more. Let's go into what you know. You kind of covered it a little bit. But let's go more deeply into what brought you to Chicago. Okay, so I was you know I was back home living with my mom, um, working and living in my bedroom. 
How old were you back then? Let's go through that too. I think that'll help. Oh, geez. Okay, so I moved here a month before I turned 28. So I was living at home until I was 27. I think that's fantastic. I, I'm sure that's going to give a lot of people a big sigh of relief that Danielle's not perfect or like just didn't always have this figured out. Yeah, it was, it was, it was not. Look, I'm not perfect and I don't have it all figured out now by any means, but I was 27 and miserable. And um, I was not. You know, to say I was very unhappy would not be an understatement. My mom and I do not belong under the same roof. We get along much better when we are, when we don't live together, even better when we're 2,000 miles apart and can just chat on the phone. We do, it's just, you know, you shouldn't be living, and, and I'm not, I don't want to say you shouldn't, but it's easier to have a healthy relationship with a parent, I think, especially when you clash, if you don't live in the same house. Yeah. It's just, for me at least, that's what I found. Um, and I understand, you know, how expensive life is and how sometimes you need to go back yeah. home or... I get it. I've been there. Um, but at the time, so I didn't, my time was divided between her place and my ex-boyfriend lived like a mile and a half away. So it didn't pay for me to have my own place and I wouldn't have been able to afford it anyway. So I was at his place a lot and I was at her place a lot. And my relationship with him, we were together at this point, I think seven or eight years. And uh, yeah, I met him when I was 19 and moved away right before I turned 28. And it was not going anywhere, but he was the only person I had ever been with. And I didn't know how to walk away. I really didn't. I, I it, it was just, it was one of those things where he was pretty awful, but I didn't know how to escape him. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just so, this was my life and that was it. And I didn't know what to do. And, you know, starting a blog for me, put me in this, this world of just seeing how other people lived and oh, there's life outside Los Angeles. Maybe I can go live somewhere else. And if I could live somewhere where there's public transportation, like Chicago, I won't need a car and I'll save a bunch of money and then I can get an apartment. And so I had I had this whole dream scenario in my head. And keep in mind, I did not fly from the point that I was 15 when 9-11 happened. I didn't fly until I took this trip. And I had to take a Xanax and possibly Valium to board the plane. Oh my gosh. I almost had a full-on like panic attack before getting on the plane, turned ghost white, and almost fainted. I had just, I get on planes now like it's nothing. It's fine. But um, it was a huge, huge fear I had to overcome. And I, I remember my mom came home one day. I was like, I booked my trip. I'm going to Nashville and I'm going to Indiana. And then this person's picking me up at the airport and then I'm staying with this person. And then we're driving to Chicago. And she's like, okay, that's, I, she was in complete shock. So I booked this trip and I remember I was in Nashville and it just felt like home. It was such a great city. I loved it. But then, you know, I came to Chicago and it, it just, something about it felt right. But, you know, back to, to where I was, I was in, I don't want to say this like dark place and make it sound worse than it was, but I was really unhappy and I had to do something to change it. And it seemed like the best way, you know, it wasn't a physically abusive relationship. It was verbally abusive. Very. Um, he was pretty horrible. And, you know, I think the best way for me was to completely change everything because a subtle shift wasn't going to happen as long as I was in LA and in my routine, something had to change. And I was in a position where I didn't have rent at the time. So I had saved a decent amount of money. Um, cause I didn't really have any furniture to bring with me except my bed, you know, and my desk. Yeah. And, um, so I, you know, I had to furnish an entire apartment, which took quite a while. Um, but you know, I, I, I had to do something big and I knew it because I could either sit there and be unhappy or change my life. So the move to Chicago was really, it it was my only option. It was that or stay miserable. So I, I remember when I first moved, I, I was in complete shock and I woke up for months staring out the window. Like, what the hell did I just do? I can't believe I live here and not in a sad, unhappy way, just a, 
I would wake up and look out the window and just <laughs> and look at my dog. And I'm like, I live in Chicago with my dog. What is this? <laughs> I know you have to deal with our winters now. <laughs> yeah, those are fun. Especially this, 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 uh, this past one has killed me. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I, I remember the day I got here, I walked outside. I had to take the dog out. And I cried for like two minutes and I never really cried over the move again. It just, there was like a, this peace that came over me and it, it might sound cheesy. It might not, but it just, it felt like it was where I needed to be. And it was so exciting kind of learning the city. I had a horrible sense of direction. I remember calling my mom so excited that I made it to Trader Joe's without using the map on my iPhone. <laughs> um, and it's just been this like really great experience to be uh, the first year I didn't take any public. I took public transportation once. I was so afraid that I was going to be murdered. <laughs> and I take the bus to the gym every day. I it's just to see like kind of how I've grown and it, it's this city has completely changed me. It's forced me to be so much more open. And if someone new reaches out or, you know, if I'm invited to something, you have to go because I didn't know. I didn't know a soul when I moved here. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to that decision where how long did you debate what to do when you were sitting in LA and you're unhappy? How long did it take for you to deal and just like sit with the unhappiness before you're willing to take action? And then did you ever think about doing other things other than moving or was moving the only option that ever occurred to you in that point in your life? So much of it honestly feels like a completely separate life. And I can, I, 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 I don't remember the day to day that well, because it really does. I've been here three and a half years and it it truly feels like I completely started over again with a new life, Um, which might sound kind of nuts, but that's how it feels. And I just, I know that I don't think I was truly happy for years. I don't think I was truly happy three months after three months into that relationship. There were moments of happiness. I look back on it and don't think I was happy at all and don't know how I could have been. But did you ever debate like, oh, maybe I just have to move out of my mom's house or maybe I have to just break up with this guy? Yeah, but I I didn't have enough money. We did break up and then we would get back together. Um, we broke up like 19 times. And when I say 19, <laughs> I don't mean four. I mean 19, maybe 20, maybe 25. <laughs> I don't know. And we managed to drag the relationship on and off for the next two Christmases after I lived here. Like I, we would not see each other for months, but then he came out. He, I spent the next two Christmases with him after my move. So, you know, we... It was a very complicated because it was all I knew. You know, I, I would say I was, I don't think I was truly happy, but I hit a point where it, it was going to break me and I was turning 28 and living at home was not an option for me anymore, but I couldn't live in LA. LA is very expensive. I could not have an apartment and a car and work for myself. So something had to change and I really liked, I didn't love what I was doing. I liked my clients a lot. Um, and I really liked the freedom to work from home. So it made sense that I would put myself in a situation where, okay, I won't have a car payment. I won't have insurance. I won't have gas, like car insurance, if I move to a city where there's great public transit or somewhere that's very, very affordable. So Nashville, I probably could have had the car and the apartment because it's pretty reasonable there. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I needed to move. I, I can't explain it. I just, I knew that I had to do something big. Like moving in LA wasn't an option and I wasn't happy in Los Angeles. And that's not to say you can't be. I think you can find happiness anywhere. It wasn't the city for me. The Midwest, aside from the winters, is 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 much, it's much more relatable. I wanted to live somewhere where people were nice. I kept saying that over and over. I want to live somewhere real where people are nice. And that's Chicago for me. This is, one of the the friendships I've formed in 
in three and a half years blow me away. People who I'm closer with than, you know, and I have great friends. I have friends from my childhood and from high school and college, but the, the friendships I've made here, it, it's unlike anything, you know, it, people are so welcoming. It's just, it's different. And I needed, to, I needed to shake things up. I'm not saying that's the only answer. You know, if you're stuck, you need to pick up and move across the country. But for me, and if for someone who's feeling very stuck, I feel like a big change is sometimes the best way to go about it. You know, sometimes you need to really rip off the whole Band-Aid and just shake things up and put yourself in a different situation if you want to see real change. It's so funny you're saying this because I think we're two sides of the same coin. So I thought, like you, not that I was super unhappy recently, but a few months ago, people on my blog have seen, I thought we were going to move to Seattle. And I'm sure I probably even mentioned this to you where we, um, Mr. Lively had been interviewing at different jobs in Seattle and really went very far in the whole job searching process. Neither job that he interviewed to the final rounds, you know, did he get. So we didn't end up moving, but I was craving this change and I wanted it to be big and dramatic as well. But as someone who's married, I can't just force that. I can live anywhere. I'm very flexible, but his job is not. So it was really about whether he got the job. And it's fascinating because then I was, I was so set on it and then I was stuck staying because he got a great offer here in Chicago and the other two in Seattle did not work out. So he went with the job he has here. And I had to kind of make all of those changes that I wanted to make that I was craving in Seattle here in Chicago. And I can say it can be done when necessary, right? When you don't have the option <laughs> to move across the country, it can be done. But I love that, especially as someone without that kind of, um, at the time when you were doing this, you didn't have those things keeping you stuck anywhere. So I'm glad and so happy to hear that you took that ability you had and used it to your full advantage. So I think it's a great, we're both a great testament to great change can happen in the same place or somewhere else. And if you have the ability to decide which, you know, where it happens for you, all the better, like pick the thing that works for you. Yeah, it's definitely not an easy thing. And I understand, you know, I have a friend who was in Indiana and she felt she felt kind of stuck. She wanted she wanted a change. And, you know, she liked her job, but it wasn't ultimately what she wanted to do. And she applied. So for me, it was, you know, uh, I did a one-month test run in February. It was February 2010 because I needed to know that I could handle snow. Um, and and I, I loved it. So I, you know, had, thank God it wasn't this winter. But um, <laughs> I, I, I did, I was able, I had the freedom to do that. I found, I found a place that I was able to sublet. And, you know, for her you know, she applied for jobs, I think for six months to a year until she finally found something in Nashville and moved. So it might not be the easiest. It it can't, it's not always this, Oh, I want to live here. I can do that. But you know, if you try and you stick with it, I mean, you can find the job somewhere. It might take a while, but I think everyone's situation is different, but there's always something you're able to do, whether it's finding the right job or moving to a new area of town or ending the dead end relationship. I cannot (laughs) say enough about needing to do that. Um, I think for me, I was in a place, everyone says how brave I was. I honestly think I was in a place where I was really weak and really vulnerable. And it wasn't a matter of, of being brave. It was a matter of survival. Like it was a matter of finding my happiness. And I had the option to move or stay and be stuck because I wasn't strong enough to get out of the situation as it was. And I cried every single morning for weeks before I moved. It was not a, I'm moving to Chicago, I'm happy. Really? I would imagine you being so excited. Like, see you later, mom. (laughs) I'm going to go. No, I cried every single morning. I completely shut two very close friends out. And our friendships 
basically came to an end for years. I finally spoke with both of them recently, and I told them again and again, this was not personal. I still love you guys. I care about you, but I was in a place where I was so depressed I couldn't see them. And they took it very personally and felt like I was shutting them out, which I was it was never my intention to hurt them. And, you know, our friendships, we pretty much didn't talk for years. Um, and these were two very good friends. I, I was in pretty much, I would say I was in a hole. I isolated myself completely before the move. I was so scared and I couldn't believe I was doing it. But then once I made it to Chicago, I, that one minute I cried for two seconds outside and I never cried over the move again, really. It was just, it was just the right thing to do. And I knew it. Oh, that's amazing. So I know that there's another big change that's happened in your life in more recent years since you've been in Chicago. Tell us about CrossFit. Okay, so rather than talk about CrossFit specifically, I I would rather talk about kind of finding, again, this really goes into the finding happiness and finding happiness within yourself. I think that's what this has done for me. I was never one of those people who was very active. I kind of dabbled in every sport, so I, I've played everything, even roller hockey, an all-boys roller hockey team. And <laughs> Really? I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, in junior high, I played on an all-boys roller hockey team for one season. I think they let me play twice. I was like 4'11". I was a peanut, and I wanted to prove that girls could play, too. I was going through that whole girl power phase. Um, anyway, so I never played anything long enough to be good at it. And I wouldn't even say I was a jack-of-all-trades because I was horrible at everything I ever tried. But, you know, I I would go spin or row or do whatever it was because I wanted to be skinny. Yeah. That was always the, you know, I have to go to the gym. I have to eat less. I have to burn a lot of calories. I have to be skinny. Yeah. And I met my friend Gina, who I had designed her blog. She hired me to design her blog, River North Paleo Girl. And I'm like, oh, what's paleo? Why is there a coconut in your banner? You're weird. <laughs> and I started asking her all these questions. I was like, so I'm just curious, why a coconut? Do you want to try something else? I didn't understand the significance of coconut and coconut oil. Um, and she kind of, I, I said, would you tell me a little about paleo? And she wrote a novel about paleo and then CrossFit. For those who don't know, paleo is just very clean eating. It's, you don't eat any processed food, no grains, no soy, no dairy. Um, and my whole life, I was always, not my whole life, but teenage years until, uh, until this, I was always on a diet. I was always restricting myself and I was always having to work out to burn calories and get thin. And I was never super skinny. I just did all these things because I thought that's what I was chasing after. And we met for lunch and she somehow talked me into this crazy CrossFit thing. And I remember walking in and almost crying because I, I don't know, I, I was terrified. I saw people jumping off what I called platforms, which they were box jumps. And I remember seeing what everyone could do and Gina telling me how much it changed her life. And I was like, it's really time I found something. And if anyone was going to hate CrossFit, it would have been me because I didn't like working out. And I remember doing this basics program and sucked. I was the worst, literally the worst out of everyone. I couldn't do a pull-up with a resistance band that was meant for like a 200-pound person. It was very sad. And I was just like, all right, this is my reason to keep going. And I paid for six months in advance. And I just dove right in, but I, I fell in love with it. And, you know, that's not to say that CrossFit's the answer for everyone. It is very expensive. But for me, I don't eat out. I budget. Um, and you know, it's something that is worth it for me. The sense of community I get, the workouts, it's, you basically have coaches watching you. I mean, so for me, it is something that is absolutely worth it. People will pay a hundred dollars to go to a gym, you know, and they, and they don't use it. So for me, this is something that makes sense. But I would say, you know, to anyone who's kind of in the place where I either was or hasn't found their thing, and maybe it's not working out, maybe it's photography or art, whatever it is, but 
I have found this thing where I work from home and I wasn't really leaving the house. In my old building, I went to the gym in the building. So there were days where I didn't go out other than to walk my dog. And it's a chance for me, you know, I get out of the house, I get to work out with my friends, and it's this one hour a day where everything goes away. It's not possible to think while you're in there. It's not. And it's not possible to think during one of those workouts. And every time you walk in, no matter how good you get, you push yourself and you put yourself in a situation where you feel like you might die for a little bit, but you don't. And then you do great. And and even when you don't do that great of a job, you still feel so good about it. It's, I can't explain what it's done for me and how it's completely changed me. But I've had days there that I feel kind of like really, really defeated and deflated and stressed and I will go into CrossFit and it completely changes that day for me. So whether it's yoga, Pilates, spinning, rowing, boxing, you know, taking a painting class, photography, whatever it is, I would urge everyone to try as much as you can experience new things because like I said, if anyone was going to hate lifting, it was going to be me, but find something that pushes you. And I really would say that everyone should be working out. On some, whether it's running something like it's good for you, you will feel better and you will find this sense of strength no matter what you're doing. So I think to find the thing that works for you, whatever it is, is a complete life changer. And for the first time, you know, the past almost two years, I do, I do stick with paleo, but I don't feel at all restricted. I don't feel like I'm on a diet. I ended up having to have knee surgery um, last year and I wasn't able to work out for four months and I definitely lost a lot of muscle and I'm really not that stressed over it. I know I'll get it back. Like the way I approach everything is just so different now. And I was really obsessive when I first started CrossFit, just about hitting all these PRs and being better, better. And, and I've just kind of, you know, even with this, it was a learning lesson of, okay, I don't need to lift the heaviest weight and realistically I'm not going to. So I'm going to go in, do my best. And I kind of found this moderate approach that works a lot better for me. I love that. I can relate to the whole physical activity for the outcome of being skinny thing too. I ran marathon. So, you know, you could take that approach to pretty much anything. And a, mar- a marathon running, for example, could be a great community and exercise and pushing yourself and all those things you're talking about that you get from CrossFit. You can get that from something like marathon training and the community and everything. But it can also be used against you when your ego chooses to run it and, you know, go for the wrong reason. So I think it's fantastic to hear that you've been able to now settle in to everything and come from that kind of intuition approach and you still get every all the benefits from the exercises that you're doing without having the outcome dictate while you go. That's just like a byproduct of the actions that you're taking while you're there. It's been a great learning experience for me because I am very type A. I'm an overachiever and I would go in and lift until I fell down, literally. And I, you know, get to the point now where I'm like, that felt good. I'm not going to try for more. And that's, and that's okay. And it's been a really good test for me to, you know, as I had to take time off, all my friends got better and better and better. And it's been, I don't know, I think it's almost a good thing that it happened. Like it was, it was one of those life lessons where it's like, all right, you're doing this and this is going to be good for you. But you need to calm down and scale back. And, and I think that, you know, that worked out best. So, but it, it really is, it really is something that brought my happiness to a whole other level. And it, I never would have thought I would feel that way about working out about a gym, about my gym friends. 
Well, I think there's a whole thing there. So one of the things I think that is universal about this, so it's not just paleo or CrossFit by any means, like you're saying, I think that there's a sense of community and challenge. I think the three things, it's community, challenge, and completely unrelated to anything that you do in your daily life outside of it. So those three elements, I think people can find in a lot of different places for themselves. Like you could be a writer and have a writing group, for example. And I think that's great. I think joining joining a group, I think, would be my best advice. Um, I think doing some sort of exercise, whatever it may be, is really great for clearing your head. But joining, yeah, like you said, a writing group or a running club or taking a photography class, a cooking class, a book club, something that puts you in a situation where you'll meet new people because you never know who you'll meet. Yeah, And who you might connect with and the friendships you might form. I never in a million years would have thought that the people I met at CrossFit would be some of my closest friends, and they are. Yeah, I actually have watched you, and I feel like it's almost like a fraternity is how I always call it because you guys hang out so much. <laughs> my, my frat friends. Um, I, I would say moving to Chicago, starting the Every Girl, and CrossFit are the three best things that have happened in my 20s and now, you know, I'm 31, so 20s till now. I would say those are, those are it for me. Well, let's take a look at that, actually. So you're entering, so I'm about to enter my 30s in October, so I'm not too far behind you. So looking into your 30s, how have things shifted for you? Because I know, obviously, the every girl is really geared towards 20s and 30s, I would say, but definitely the 20s specifically. How are things in your own life evolving? What have you noticed in your life shifting in terms of your perspective or priorities? Wow. Okay. So I would say you start, I remember... I don't know if it was my mom. I just remember always hearing, you'll become more comfortable with yourself. And I thought, oh, whatever. Like, I'm really white, really, really white. And I wouldn't wear shorts throughout. You were really pale for anyone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sorry. But I'm, I'm very, 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 very pale, as pale as one can be. And I remember, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear shorts. I wasn't comfortable with that. And I just got to a place where I'm, I'm like, all right, that's what I look like. And that's okay. And I just don't think about it anymore. Or when I'm not in the best shape, it doesn't. I don't know. It's, it's this, I've gotten to this place, not where I like nothing matters, but you just, you kind of become a lot more, I guess I would say you become a lot more accepting. The things I look for in relationships are so different. Back in your twenties, it's like, oh, he's so handsome and dreamy. And, um, you know, it's, and now it's, and it's not that you don't want handsome, but it's like, oh, this guy is so great. And he's really sweet and he likes his family. And just that, I think the things that you look for in people and the things you look for in your friendships for me, you know, career is obviously a big one. My career has changed a lot. I would say I'm still, I wasn't very driven until I started my graphic design business. I was just kind of lost and floundering. But once I started that, I was all about working as hard as I needed to. Um, and, you know, now that I'm, again, doing something I love even more than that, you're, you're willing to do what you need to do for the business. So I would say that's just, that's more business related than my 30s. But I feel like things are coming together a lot more than they were, minus the whole dating's a whole other thing we can get into. But um, so that's that's my, I don't know what you want to call it. But um, <laughs> those are the that's your manifesto of the thirty so far. So yeah, I would say that things have felt like they've come together a lot more. I feel like I've become a lot more accepting and understanding, and just that I've found more. I, I hate to say finding balance because I don't know that balance really exists, but I feel like I, I've learned a lot and I'm kind of learning more about who I am and what my needs are and what I want and what makes me happy and what I'm looking for in life. And it's kind of this, you know, this road that you travel down and you 
you figure out who you are. I think that's what your late 20s are about. My early 20s, up until well, up until 27, they were about feeling completely lost and stressed out about feeling lost. And then it was kind of that finding myself and figuring out what I wanted. And now I feel like I've done that. And then it's the making it all work. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's super inspiring. I think people are probably like, wow, she didn't always know. She took, you know, this, you're, you weren't a late bloomer by any means. I would call, I would definitely say I was a late bloomer. There are people who know what they want in their 20s. And I, you know, in their early 20s, I did not. And so that's why you created the Every Girl, isn't it? Yeah. In part. Exactly. Absolutely. It was, if it was, I was thinking about me when I was 23, 24, I mean, through 27, and just didn't have a plan and didn't know what I wanted. And nothing felt relatable to me. I remember reading, you know, all these design magazines or you'd see, you know, or even just a, a magazine would have a story on like Halle Berry and she's great, but I'm not going to be Halle Berry. So I wanted to learn the stories of real women like me and kind of figure out how they figured it out. Um, and that's, that was one of the driving forces behind wanting to start the site. One thing you've struggled with is balancing everything on your plate. You are someone who's one of the busiest people that I know um, personally. How has everything been going in more recent months and maybe the last year for you to, to balance everything you have on your plate in a way that's manageable? I would say that for me, um, working out has, has it's funny because that takes, it takes me 45 minutes to get to CrossFit and then 45 minutes to get home. It is three hours out of my day, but that has helped tremendously because the days I don't get to go, I'm usually more stressed out. Or unless, you know, I've gone three days in a row and I'm taking a rest day, I, I feel okay. But the months that I wasn't able to go when I had my knee surgery, I was not a happy person. And I eventually got to the point after like three months where I I started to feel pretty depressed um, because I didn't have that thing. You know, I had lost my, my additional thing that I needed. I would say I, I don't like this whole searching for balance thing only because I don't know that balance exists because there are weeks that things are going to be crazy and that doesn't mean you've lost your balance. Um, I think you just kind of have to roll with the punches. I also hate to say I'm busy because I feel like everyone is. I do have a lot on my plate. I have picked up a few extra graphic design clients lately, so that's made it a little crazier. And then I had, I finally went and visited my family in LA and I had knee surgery and my dog almost died in November, so that was a lot. It's It's been a crazy few months. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I I think, okay, so I'm a relatively, like, I do get a little stressed. And I'm, I'm more anxious than most people are. I am a worrier by nature. I've gotten to the place where it's like, all right, this is on my plate. I'm just going to deal with it. And not, I don't worry about it as much, but I definitely have those moments where I do. But I've gotten a lot better. You know, if I have a morning where I'm super, super stressed, if it's not negative 36 degrees, I will take my dog for a walk and that does wonders for me. It's about finding those little things that will kind of get you through when things are stressful. And, you know, I get to work with Elena every day and she's a very understanding person. So if I have a moment where I'm stressed, she gives me the time I need or she's like, okay, here's what we need to do. Let's divide this up. Like we balance each other very well that way. Um, I would say I've been working more than normal the past few weeks, but it's been, it's been okay. And it's been cold out. So there's not much motivation to do a lot else. So, um, but I think I've just gotten to the point where I stress less. Yeah, that's, that's what it sounds like. You still have just as much on your plate, if not more. It's just the, it sounds like physical activity. So the walks or CrossFit have been helpful. And is there just a choice to say, I'm just choosing not to worry as much as I would have otherwise? 
I think so. I just, and I, and that's not to say that I don't stress and that's not to say I don't worry because I have, I had a, I remember a day a few weeks ago where everything hit me in this one moment. It was like all these emails had come in and something else. And I was talking to Elena and I just, I, I told her, I was like, I feel like I'm going to panic right now and I just need to like step away. And I, I called her when I was on my walk with Buddy. It was a particularly nice, one nice day that we've had in Chicago in the past six months. And, and everything was fine. I just, sometimes you need to let yourself step away from the situation. And, and I was fine. So I still have those moments of stress, but I would say that most of the time I'm able to just, this is, this is what's on my plate. It's going to get done. I, you know, will email a client and say, Hey, I need a few days for this. And they're generally really understanding and sweet about it. So yeah, it's just kind of trying to stress less that there is an effort that goes into that. But I would say I have just I don't stress as much as I used to, which is good. It's, you know, it's something you have to learn to do if you're someone who does stress out easily. And I would just say that I've gotten to the place where it's not worth it. And like it, nothing's going to change by worrying so I can work on it and just get it done. And I have been working kind of late. There's not, there's not as much of that work-life balance, but I'm at least when I get to go work out, like I usually work out with friends. So I have that kind of, I get to get out, see my friends a little, we'll talk for a little bit after, and then I go and I get back to it. Well, I'm glad as your friend to, to hear that, because I've definitely, you know, seen it be not so great in the past. Juggling the Every Girl and your blog business, that's a lot. Yeah, I had been doing a lot less, but I had Buddy's medical expenses and taxes coming up, so I just wanted to put in a little extra time, and I've been building my account back up, which is great. So it, in a way, it's, I feel actually less stress taking on the extra work because I'm financially in a much better place now. So it doesn't bother me that much. Like sometimes, you know, things could happen. You have to roll with the punches. And I had, I had buddies, um, whole one week hospital thing. And then his five months of medical treatments after, and then I had my knee surgery. So it was, it was a lot of money at once, but you know, it's, it's, almost, it's almost all paid off. So sometimes you just have to put it, it's just, it's, I, I made the choice when that happened. I'm someone who stresses about money too. Um, I don't I don't have debt. I pay off my credit card every month. But I remember thinking, all right, this is a lot of money. I'm going to completely freak out or just let it go. And it was my choice to save my dog. And I'm someone who should have been very anxious normally. And I just, I made the choice to not care about the money at all and that I would figure it out. And that was huge for me. Huge. Yeah, that was a great intentional choice because, right, otherwise you'd be racked with every decision versus just going, what is most important to me? What do I value in this moment? And living from that rather than the what ifs. And it's obviously, it's worked out for you. It's been fine. Yeah, and he's doing great. And I remember having one moment after where I was like, holy crap, I just spent so much money. And I was like, but I have my dog and that's what I wanted. So, you know, I it, it's just money. Like, I can make it back. I had six months to pay it off. It's almost yeah. all paid up. Like, it's fine. It's just not worth. This is, I think, the whole thing with getting into my 30s. It's just like, you have to pick your battles and decide what matters. Decide what you want to stress over. Decide what you don't. And at the end of the day, this is not worth stressing over. So that's something I think that I've learned just with getting older. Okay, so now the famous two last questions. What doubts or resistance have you had to face in your career or your life? Okay, wow. Um, I would say... I constantly doubted where where graphic design might go just because I didn't major in graphic design and I had kind of hit the point where I only knew how to work with Blogger and I was at this point where, okay, here's where I've taken my business. I either need to go back to school and learn web design. I need to find a completely new career. Like 
graphic design wasn't going to get me where I wanted to be financially and career-wise. It wasn't enough. So something had to change. And that's when, you know, the every girl happened. So I would say that was a big one, like feeling like, okay, here's my skill set. Here's where I've taken it. It can't go further. What do I do? And it was more, you know, for me, that wasn't my passion. So it wasn't worth going back to school. If it's what I love, that's what I would have done. But it didn't feel like that was it for me. And I would say I had been talking about, maybe you would even know the answer to this, but I remember talking about starting something like The Every Girl a good year before. I remember talking to Crystal before she started Rue, yeah. like, or while she was working on it, saying, here's my idea. And she's like, you have to do it. And it was this, okay, well, I don't have anyone to work with. I would never try to do this alone. I wouldn't have been able to. So I would say that was another big one, just kind of feeling like, okay, I have all these ideas. I don't know what to do with them. So that was that was tough. Yeah. Um. I basically the doubts about the graphic design, you overcame that by taking one of those other ideas you had and then going with that so that you didn't yeah. have to compensate for the graphic design situation. Exactly. And kind of follow, finding something more rewarding that I love even more. That that was also a big one because, you know, if I needed to go back to school or study something for the every girl, that would make sense because yeah. it's what I love. You know, and I would say the other thing was we didn't pay ourselves the first year because we couldn't. So I had to work so much more than I'm working now because my graphic design business was still full time during the first year of working on the every girl. And then we slowly started to pay ourselves. I'm still not full time. I'm getting there. Um, close, but it is not a hundred percent my full time job right now. So, you know, there's that, there are those moments where you're like, okay, is this going to get where we need it to, to pay two people full time? And I do believe it will. I've seen you know, the site has grown tremendously over the past two years. And even just the past year, it's been, it's been great. But you know, I, because I'm a warrior by nature, I'll have those moments where I'm like, okay, am I doing the right thing? Is this good enough? Is it, you know, can this be better? You know, you're just kind of always making sure that things are going the right way. Um, I would say I never in a million years would have imagined that I would be 31 and single. Ever. I, I was with someone, you know, 19. I was sure I was going to marry him, which I don't know how I thought that. You know, I've dated since then. I was in a relationship a year ago that was about five months. And I that was one that I, I really actually did think was going to be it um, for a while. And it didn't work out. You know, and I, I've dated on and off. And Yeah. Is there any doubts or resistance you face about that, being 31 and single? Yes. Yeah. Yes and no. I have those moments where realistically I am not ready for a child tomorrow. So the whole like marriage babies thing doesn't feel like it's five minutes away from me anyway. But you know, there are of course those times where you're like, am I going to meet someone? And I don't believe in the one because I think it's insane to think there's one person on the planet that's right for you. I think there are, depending on where you live and you know, there are many people you could match with. Um, Finding someone you truly connect with is very difficult when you work from home and the places you go, I'm in my living room or I'm at CrossFit. So that doesn't make it easier. Um, I would say it's not the easiest. It's not terrible, but I have those moments where it's like, am I going to be 35 and single? And is that going to be okay? And how am I going to feel about that? And I don't want to have kids past a certain age or, you know, I, I don't know. And it's, and, you know, adoption is something I'm a thousand percent open to and I would actually love to do. So it's not a matter of that. You know, it's obviously a whole other topic, but um, I'm, I'm very open to to a lot of things. But there's that, you know, there's that point where it's just a little exhausting and you just I don't want to say like, oh, I just want to meet the guy. But, you know, it, it's nice to have your person and I'm not looking for someone to 
complete me by any means. I'm not looking for someone to make me happy. I am happy. But to find that person that kind of balances things out and that you just really love spending time with, I think it's it can be a really fun and great addition to your life. And it's, you know, there are those moments where I don't care at all. And then, then you have those moments where you're a little sad about it or you just feel like you're defeated and don't want to deal with it. So I don't know. That's one of those things where I think I'm at that that place where I'm still kind of learning about it um, and figuring out where I stand and what I want. So it's another learning experience that I think I'm kind of getting into. But I just kind of always thought I would get married and have kids when I was younger. But I also didn't have this whole career path planned out either. Like you said, you started over in a new life at this point, And you're three and a half years into that new life. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being so honest about that. I think that was something a lot of people can probably relate to. So thank you. So now last question, what would you tell someone just starting out on this journey? I would say there are two answers for this one because there's the girl I was when I was back in LA and very depressed and feeling kind of defeated and stuck and really not knowing what you want to do or feeling like you have to change things. And I understand that a cross-country move is not in the cards for everyone, you know, and there are people who want to be really close to their families or couldn't afford to do it or couldn't make it work. But so my advice would be to really sit with what you want and whether it's making a list or writing down everything in your life that doesn't make you happy and you can't necessarily change it all at once to find one thing that will move you in a direction that puts you in a better place. And maybe if your job isn't the thing, you know, whether you need to start a blog and start writing or take a class that will get you closer to where you want to be or put you in a situation where you'll learn a skill that might get you a new job Um, or just start applying for new jobs because that can take forever. I think kind of figuring out one thing that will change things for you. And if, if a move is something you are thinking about but you're afraid to do it, I mean, just go for it. Find a city and, and, and if you're in a situation where you can find a job somewhere or you are working from home, my advice is to just do it and put yourself out there and meet new people because, you know, your old city, my mom always said, Los Angeles isn't going anywhere. You can always come back. Um, if this doesn't work, like LA is still here. So California is not going anywhere right now. So, you know, Chicago isn't necessarily it for me. I could, I could absolutely see leaving, um, but it's where I am right now and I'm happy. And I would say for the person who's where I was when I moved here, was happy, but kind of figuring out the job thing. Again, it's really just, Elena Elena actually has the best advice for this. And she always says to find a way to make your hobby, the thing you do in your free time, something that you do for work. So for her, she, she had this blog and her dad would ask her, why are you blogging? And she's like, I don't know. But this is like, she's like, there, there's a reason. I, I don't know what it is, but this is like, he didn't understand why she was devoting all this time to her blog. Had she not started that blog and had not been blogging for three years, the every girl would not exist. So whether it's starting a blog, taking a photography class, take a writing class, join a group, um, look for a new job, learn a new skill that will put you in a situation to learn one, like do something that changes your situation for you and know that it might be a path. This was not an overnight thing for me by any means. It was years, years in the making. And years of kind of figuring myself out. I'm still figuring myself out and kind of learning who I am and finding my happiness. Um, so know that it's going to be a journey and do not compare yourselves to other people, yourself to other people. It's so easy to see, oh, this person has this dream job. I want that. They're married. They have kids. They like everyone has their own path. And, and I think just kind of putting yourself in a situation where you're happier and you're doing things that will make you happy will take you to where you are supposed to be. That might sound so corny, but. Yeah, 
I think it's great. I think what you're also speaking to is that we can live these these new changes that you're saying take one thing. They can be experiments. We're not stuck with them. We can always move back. There's nothing no. irreversible. Well, a lot of situations are not irreversible. So find that thing, have a sense of play about it. And like you said, find one thing and change that one thing and let's see what happens and keep going from there. Yeah. I mean, not not everyone is going to break up with the guy and move 2,000 miles away. That's that's big. I get that. But I had to do something big for me. And I was in a situation where I was able to. But, you know, if you're in a relationship with the person you know isn't right for you, walk away. That's that's so it's so much easier than you think. Like, it's not, but it is. And it's the best thing for you. And staying with someone, you know, I don't live with regrets. So I don't regret staying with him because had I not gotten that unhappy, I don't think I would have moved not to give him any credit toward this move. But you know, that was a part of my journey and I learned a lot. And when I was in my next relationship and things weren't good, I ended it. So, you know, it wasn't right for me and I knew not to stay in something that wasn't working. So I think that everything is a learning experience. If you move or you start a new job and it doesn't work out, that's okay. There's another city. There's another job. That's really inspiring, Danielle. Thank you. This is so great to have you here. Of course. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you, Danielle, for being on the show. And thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode was helpful for you and inspires you to make a radical change and find your bliss. If you've ever made a radical change in your own life that has changed your life forever, please share in the comments over on JessLively.com slash Danielle. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week. 